Welcome everyone to Weekend Rental, the gaming and geek culture podcast. Uh, this is episode 30. As always, you can find all things Weekend Rental at weekendpodcast.com. We're available on iTunes, Google Play. Go ahead and leave us a review there. It really helps us out. And as always, my name is Ryan and I'm joined by Andy. Hey. And hopefully not for the last time, but for a while, Justin. Hey, everyone. All right, so we'll talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on with the podcast itself uh, later on in the middle part of the show. Uh, but let's dive right into Byron Burn. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, this is the section of the podcast where we pick a pick games for a given system. This time out, it is the Famicom, um, and we each pick a game uh, individually. We'll play all the games, and then we come back and we decide which of those games, if given the chance, we would buy, rent, or burn. Um, so picks this week. Andy has gone with YY World 2. Um, I think there's more subtext to that, but we're going to leave it yeah, there. Yeah, you need to read that. It's SOS. I'm not going <laughs> to pronounce the last thing. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me, and also I'm pretty sure I couldn't if I wanted to. Um, Justin has gone with Field Combat, and I've gone with Good Old Nuts and Milk. It's not a breakfast cereal. It's for your Famicom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so generally what we'll do is we'll go back and start off at the top and we'll read a description of all these games. Um, game Facts just kind of tells you the year that these came out and on what system. So there really isn't a whole lot. I'm sure there's details available somewhere on the internet. I'm lazy. So we'll just talk about the games. Um, we'll start off with Andy's YY World 2. Uh, why, don't, why don't you tell us about this gem? Yeah, so it's it's kind of a mashup of a whole bunch of different genres in one game. It's uh, made by Konami, and they kind of took all their all-stars, all their all-star characters at that point, and kind of mashed them up into one video game. You're telling me that baby was an all-star? Oh, yeah. That baby has his own game. Well, yeah. did we get it here? No, it's called like Bio Miracle something something. I oh, that what it's called. sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, it's a pretty simple platformer for the most part. You're just kind of shooting uh, as the main guy. That's kind of my biggest bummer is that you do change into a lot of classic um, Konami characters. Simon Belmont, I think. Yep. yep. I played as Bill from Contra for a while. Sweet. And that just wears off after a while. And then you're back to the same boring guy that shoots a gun. Yeah. Did anyone understood how the triggering worked? Like what, what causes it? I mean, I noticed like those elevators or chambers usually led to it, but there was no consistency. I didn't think. So I had to uh, look that up. It's uh, pressing up and jump at the same time after you get one of the power ups that looks like a C makes that's to- totally clear makes total sense yeah exactly i mean could have been japanese who knows i don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh but yeah i mean overall like the, the the normal character in the game after a while i got a little bored of it just shooting it's yeah. somewhat of an easy game There's just kind of one guy coming at you at all times, and you just have to focus on him and shoot him. So it's not overly hard, I would say, but 
don't know. It's it's really interesting that they did this so early on. Now it's like Nintendo is mixing up their characters all the time. And there's crossovers everywhere. But back then, that's kind of crazy that they did it at that point. Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I'm a kind of a sucker for these, you know, platforming mascot games. It was cool. Like you said, you definitely recognize some of the characters as you're cycling through. There's a few things that I think keep this game from being great. Um, the enemy respawn rate is unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, it has four scrolling, which I hate in platformers. And uh, third, your character sprites, along with the force scrolling and sheer number of enemy respawn, becomes a problem because you're a big target. Um, I think those were all little things that kind of drug it down more than it needed to. But overall, I had a smile on my face the entire time I played this. Um, and like you said, it's the different genres are cool. I didn't quite get the map thing. I mean, I didn't progress far enough in the game, but it opens up and like pans over like this three screen map. And then I beat the first level and I leave the map. So I was like, oh, I'm yeah. not progressing down the road. I don't know what's happening here. So those, I, each of those were like worlds. So you have okay. to beat the like the third world or the third level in that world. And then it goes to the next one. Gotcha. Which was more of like a Japanese castle, which is more like a Goemon. Okay. So I played as him in there too, but that's cool. And then I got to the third world and that was basically just a twin B level. So it's a shooter. <laughs> A shooter, you know, right? That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm. Gu- I'm guessing toward the end there's uh there's a space level way at the end, and I'm guessing that's probably Gradius. I'm mm-hmm. guessing. I don't know. That's. I was kind of waiting for that to pop up. I didn't progress far enough to get to a lot of that stuff, but really cool concept. I'm kind of bummed that this is one of those games. Every once in a while, you run across a game on the Famicom where you're like, man, I really wish we'd have gotten this. Cause it would have been a hit. Oh yeah. And this is that game. Like for sure. I, I kind of want to go back and play the first one now. Right. Yeah. And it, I don't know what the first one is similar. Probably I would imagine. I mean, it's the same stuff, so I would imagine it's similar. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just love all the like little, things in it yeah there's even like in between the second and third level i think it's basically the metal gear codex and some guy's talking to you on there so it's pretty sweet <laughs> yeah i was wondering too about that when it switched characters because i didn't look it up but i got to the elevator and i was like why is this elevator not moving but you have to wait for the map to quit scrolling but i pushed up and jump and then I switched into a baby. Like, <laughs> okay. What? <laughs> so I thought maybe it was just like that section because it had stopped at the exact time that I switched. So I thought maybe the elevator section just changed me. That's but. exactly what happened to me. So you and I had the first same transformation experience. And I assumed it was tied to the elevators, but I suppose we were both trying everything on our controller to get it to move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, for the most part, I actually enjoyed the game. Um, when it takes you out of the world, then it takes you into like a side-scrolling plane shooter, which kind of annoyed me. But you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> the actual mechanics mechanics of the like the side-scrolling for the plane part was actually not too bad. Um, I guess with the back shooting and stuff, as soon as I figured that out, which. You know, you push the button and you're facing backwards. You're like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> I struggled, admittedly, longer than I should have to wrap my head around that. I, like, panicked and couldn't figure out how to turn back. And I was, <laughs> felt like a moron once I figured it out. 
Yeah, it's definitely oh, not bro. conventional. No. In that regard. No. I think it played pretty good, though, yeah. as far as what I played through. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. I, I gotta say, I if I can track down a physical copy of this, I would like to do so, probably. I'm sure I can through the power of the Ebays. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the graphics are amazing. Yeah. Yep. Really good, especially the year it came out. I think it was like, I guess it was like 91 or something, I think. So that's kind oh, of okay. later in the life cycle, but still. Sure. Looked as polished as like Mario Brothers 3 for sure. Yeah. Maybe even better in spots. <clears throat> All right. So let's move on to Justin. Um, you've got, he's gone again with field combat. Uh, why don't you explain to us what, what this game is? <laughs> if you can. Well. I don't think I made it past the first level. And that was over the top um up scrolling, I suppose. Vertical Plane, vertical scrolling. Yeah. Well, you could call it that, I suppose. I'm gonna go with up scrolling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Technical term here, sorry. <laughs> For you lay folk, it's vertical scrolling. <laughs> um, more like it's vertical. Scrolling is optional. That's true, yes. <laughs> True, yeah. More accurate. I sat there for a long time, killing enemies, waiting for it to make me move. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so it's over-the-top shooter. Um, this one, I don't know. It was kind of annoying, the enemy placement. And then when you get to the... the maybe I did get past the first door. Anyways, there's... One of the areas has, like... Spots you think you can't fly over, but if you sit there too long, you blow up. I think. I don't know. Um, that one, like I just couldn't hit the enemies and just shit flying everywhere. Not even sure what B does other than it shoots out like circle attack that didn't do any damage to anybody. It's a laser beam. If you line the crosshair up, you suck them into your ship and abduct them. Really? Yeah, that's how I played most of the time. That it was more you fun got points for people. that. Yeah. I also liked the animation of when you shot a sh uh, soldier, they didn't like die. They just like turned cheek and like ran off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I never had that. They always fell over. Oh, really? See, I had some where they were just like, I don't know if it was like a near miss or something, but they would just like turn around, like run up off the screen. It was really weird. Yeah. Like I couldn't touch any of the planes or any of the like alien ships or whatever it was flying around. Yeah. But. I couldn't hit with the the other attack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost like they were trying to do like a Mars attack sort of game where you're playing as this flying saucer and you can either abduct or kill the enemies running down at you on screen. Um, and it obviously <laughs> had arcade roots, or at least it stole a lot of arcade roots because some of the sound samples were ripped straight out of other games that you would know <laughs> from that era. Um, <clears throat> I will say like there, are, there are genuine times, like as a gamer where you can put in a game and you know, instantly what you are about to endure is not worth your time. And I think I figured that out in about 30 seconds with this game. <laughs> I played it for a lot longer than that and I wish I hadn't, but it didn't take me long to know that this thing was not for me. Um, and I clearly understood why we didn't get a US port because man, is it pretty rough? Like it's primitive. By the NES standards. Yeah, even um, for Famicom early standards. NES. Yeah. 
it's, I mean, it's almost like a step above like a really good 2600 game, in my opinion, as far as visuals and gameplay depth. Yeah. I mean, the, the Japanese were like obsessed with Space Invaders right. and Galaga. So like there was a million clones of them out there. And that's, this is probably just one of many that, you know, were in that genre sort of. Yeah. And I just love that, you know, the way you described the game with UFO and all this, you know, stuff. And then somebody said, what should we call it? And they're like, field combat. That sounds like a good name for that. Naturally. <laughs> UFO shooter. Field combat. <laughs> well, they probably didn't want to repeat the missteps of like the 2600 where like literally 60% of the library starts with space. So. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I don't know. It is a field, I guess. I'll give them that. And there is combat. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. not a total lie, but it's this is not the game I thought I was getting into. That's for sure. No, no. I thought there would be a tank or something in it for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's move on to mine. <laughs> um, nuts and milk. Um, this is kind of like it reminds me a lot of like the black box era, early NES games. Um, basically I would say the best way to describe this for someone who has not seen it is it is Donkey Kong jr. If the characters hmm. looked like those straight out of like Lolo. Um, but essentially the game play is very, it's very Donkey Kong jr. Esque. Um, you've got a protagonist that you play as and several enemies that chase you on screen. Um, you, the object is to eat all the fruit on the screen, which then opens up a house at the top, which I assume it's your girlfriend is sitting there waiting for you. And then you have to make it to girlfriend blob thing. Um, they're both happy. Don't say move, that word. And you move on to the next yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you move on to the next stage. Um, you know, there's really nothing outstanding about this game, but everything that it does, it does, I think, pretty well. Um, it's an arcade game, it's single screen game. And I don't know, I find it kind of rewarding and it's admittedly (laughs) like the ridiculous name is like what first drew me to this game, but I have sunk a lot of time into it. I have it on a multi-cart and uh, actually my son and I were playing it for a good long time earlier this week. Uh, he really got into it too. So I don't know. It's, if you want something arcade feeling that maybe you haven't tried and you're a fan of dark games like Donkey Kong Jr., this is probably going to be for you. Um, is it an amazing game? No, but it's certainly, it certainly holds up and it's good for a little bit of time. That's kind of my first thought when I played it was the Donkey Kong Jr. Just the, the gameplay of it. It's kind of neat though, how they did it with the like ladders. Where you could jump off and like, it stuns you. Yeah. You like fall to your face and just like, <laughs> land, like a turd and have to like wake yourself back up. Yeah. It's a good animation. Yeah. But overall, it, you know, similar games like that, you you played them. It's pretty much the same as all of them. So, but they aren't all named nuts and milk. <laughs> this is true. I think out of all of those, like when you consider Donkey Kong and Popeye and like all those kind of platformer early games, mm-hmm. like this definitely ranks higher than those. I think. Yeah, I, I actually would agree too. And I, I don't know how many levels it's got, but it's definitely going to have more than like the four screens of Donkey Kong Jr. you're going to get. 
Right. And Popeye never really progressed as much beyond like slight level variation. Yeah. But that's a good call too, Popeye. Yeah, with like Bluto constantly chasing you. That that's a good connection. Yeah, that's kind of what I it reminded me of a little bit. And yeah, Donkey Kong Jr. with the vines and stuff like that. Um But I I <laughs> I don't know. If you got this game and then you had Super Mario Brothers at the same time, like there's no comparison oh, as far right. as platforming anymore, you know? Yeah. Whereas like yeah, Donkey Kong and Mario Brothers came out for NES, but they were bringing arcade games you love home, you know? Whereas this it would have been a whole new game to you and you're like, "Well, what is this?" you know? I guess it's there's no real nostalgia like Donkey Kong or Mario Brothers would have had. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know what at point this came out in the Famicom's life cycle, but yeah, if it didn't come out in that first window, um, mm-hmm. I would say you're right. Cause like even, you know, me as a kid, like I, my friends had the black box games, like the original Mario brothers and Donkey Kong, but like be realistic. Like by 1988, you weren't grabbing for those. Like there was a million other things you'd rather play. And we had, you know, the arcade nostalgia to back that even as kids. And I don't mm-hmm. know what the roots are in this. I think it was straight to Famicom. I, I could be wrong. I don't think it was in the arcade, but. Really? Huh? I, I suppose I, there's not. I really didn't any... research that, so yeah. Let me check. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not. I didn't see any like lives or. I mean, there's lives, but not coins or anything credits. Yeah. Huh. I'm almost afraid to type this in. Because I'm like nuts and milk. Safe search on. Seems like it could pull up a porn or something I don't want to see. (laughs) So, okay, so this kind of had like a PC life. It's Hudson Soft, MSX, um, NEC, PCs. Yeah, so that makes a little more sense now that I'm I'm seeing that. But oh my God, the MSX box art is amazing. I'll send this to you guys. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it is kind of weird that they went for a very, I mean, this is very much an arcade style game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just home. I suppose it was a way to make something similar ish that people knew and loved and not have to pay any licensing. So, you know, it happens. <laughs> so nuts and milk field combat, YY world Two. Andy, where does it, where, where would you rank these? What would you do? Well, for me, I think there's kind of a clear answer here, even though I don't think the, they're all that great or all that bad. They're kind of closer than than I would think, but I gotta say YY World 2 is my buy. Just for the amount of polish on it in a game that surprising that didn't come over here then. You know, when they when there's that much effort put into something and that much love into like their franchises that did come over here. Right. And then they didn't bring it over. That was disappointing for sure um but overall it's a pretty fun game there's some small things that definitely could change but overall i like it and in 2018 it's easy enough for me to not get too frustrated with it yeah um my rent is going to be nuts and milk just kind of how we talked about how if you're talking about an arcade game it's probably up there for one of the best in that genre as far as like early platforming games. But once you stack it up to the rest of the NES lineup, <laughs> right? it, it kind of struggles. Um, 
Fortunately, it did beat one game and was more advanced than one game that we picked this week, and that was Field Combat, which is my burn. And I don't know. that I did have some fun with that game. I think it was more in lining up the shots. It wasn't straight laser beams like a lot of games are, you know? Right. There was a lot of you had to lead them. And that's, I don't know, I actually kind of enjoyed that for some reason. Um, but I, the weird part is like shooting them, you didn't get points, but if you sucked them up, you did like, I don't know, I guess there is a risk and reward to like, you had to sit there for a while to suck people up into your ship and people could shoot you. I don't know. <laughs> we talking about beat them and eat them or are you still on field combat? <laughs> well, which one were we playing? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, how about your picks? Actually, I'm I'm pretty well with Andy on this. Um, uh, is it YY World? Is that how you say it? I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with that as my buy, uh, just because I think that one honestly felt the best as far as playing it. Um, I think it looked good, and I think it it played pretty well. Um, I do think that these games are all pretty close for how good they are or how bad, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I think they're all pretty close to each other. Um, But I I will pick that one as my buy. Um, I would rent Nuts and Milk. Um... Um, I, I guess that one, I, I feel like that would just be a rent for me because <coughs> I would prefer, you know, the, the typical Donkey Kong Jr. game over that. But it was definitely fun and interesting element to it with the the stun and whatnot. Um, field combat, I think, would probably be better if I would have known about the other ability and how to get that to work. Um, I was going around shooting and like that got, I don't know, a little bit annoying because you couldn't do anything with the planes or the spaceships or whatever. Right. So you just had to avoid them the whole map. And I was like, well, this is kind of stupid because they follow you the whole map and (laughs) you end up getting like four on the map. You still kind of have to avoid them. Like really like knowing how to use the other ability sort of just gives you a different flavor of the same Thing, yeah. In my opinion, one was just faster. Like the the bullets killed faster, and the suck up thing was cool, but it exposed you f- for longer because you had to sit in the same position. Right. So I, I just feel like it would have gave a little bit more element to it, so it might have yeah helped it some. Probably not, but um, that would be my burn. Um, just because I don't think it was as good as the other two. So. Cool. Yeah, I, I I think this one, I'm right with you guys. This one felt kind of clear to me. YY World was obviously, World 2 was obviously the most polished um, and impressive game in the bunch. Did a lot of interesting things, and it kind of, like, <laughs> it showed that Konami really knew their brand strengths, uh, something that they've clearly forgotten in years since. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they almost created a nostalgia trip before anyone had nostalgia for a lot of these characters, so that's kind of cool to see going back to it now. Um, definitely buy that one. Um, again, nuts and milk I like, but it's an arcade style game. Those games generally aren't the type of game 
that you're going to pick up and play a lot. And they, they, they're more suited to a rental. This is the type of game that you're not going to play every day. And then field combat. I just, Oh boy. I, I didn't even kind of like this game. I was like really <laughs> off put by kind of, it's, it's weird. Cause it's like, it's almost like Archon meets missile command, which are two things that in practice and separately, like I love, but this was not a great mashup of those kind of styles of character movement and weird clunky fixed controls as far as shooting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I think the most interesting thing to it with me was just like they totally ripped these sound samples off. Like, I don't. I guess I didn't look to see who made it, so maybe it was same some of the same people. But like, it was like sound sound samples like lifted straight from other games, which is crazy to me. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm good. I don't need to play that one again. I burn it. <laughs> I think we all probably didn't play it very long, right? Like. I got maybe 10, 15 minutes in it. Yeah. I got added about 15. And then I was like, I am getting nowhere fast. I got through the first <laughs> door and then I was like, oh, more of the There's same. a door? Okay. Yeah, you go through the door and you sit there while the guy walks towards you with a flag. Oh. Yeah. And then I think that's the next level that it takes you to. Yeah. And it's just like little brown spots. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought you had to avoid, but apparently you can fly through them. It just, like, if you sit there too long, you blow up. I don't know. Huh. Okay. When you get to the end of that one, there's. A row of five or four, four or five um, things that pop up out of the ground you have to hit. And one of them you can't hit if you're avoiding the the little, like, brown barrier thing. That, so you have to, like, fly in there, attack it quick, and get out before you blow up. So did you huh, kill everything on screen, or did you just keep flying up and, like, killing as you could and just pass people to progress to the top of the screen? I killed everything but the flying stuff. Right. Yeah, because oh, I never, I never oh. found a way to kill this stuff, so that makes sense. The flying I stuff. Think, I think flying by him was also a, a strategy because that's okay. what I did. <laughs> if you yeah. if you fly quick enough, you can get past them before yeah. they even get a shot off. Yeah. Huh. Well, maybe that's the way to play the game. Avoid it. <laughs> 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 All right. Another Byron Burn done. can clap my hands I can stamp my feet I can clap my hands I can stamp my feet All right, so let's move into the main segment of the podcast. Um first off, we're just going to discuss uh a bittersweet moment, I guess. Uh cue sappy sad music. Andy <laughs> edit that in. Um <laughs> So as we talked about at the beginning, Justin has decided to, with his schedule, step away for a while, um, open to coming back, depending on what's going on. Um, we're all friends here uh, outside of the podcast, and that's why we started this thing. So um, it'll be weird because we've been doing this a little over a year to have Justin not be a part of it. But um, Justin, last uh, episode for a while anyway. How you feeling? You, you tearing up? You holding it back? 
I'm good. Oh. Um. <laughs> well, now I feel sad. <laughs> we still talk. Um. Like, <laughs> it's not like I thought I'd we're not going to be friends, you, you know? <laughs> My life is a lie. <laughs> no, like, I'll, I'll still go to, like, the events and stuff. Um, I'm still planning to go all that, so. Um, or as many as that I can make, like, uh, Midwest Gaming Classic and stuff. Um, if we go down to the um, up, what is it? Up, up down. Yeah, up, the, down bar. the Fargo one is like they've been teasing some pictures far- now. I think it's gonna be better than yeah. up down. So like, I'll still be hanging out with you guys and whatnot. Um, who knows? You know what the future holds for coming back and whatnot. But yeah. uh, just for for now, uh, step away and. Um, I guess have time to take care of other stuff. Well, of course, you know, anyone listening to the podcast, um, you know, again, we've all been friends for a long time now. So, you know, we hope you come back. You're obviously welcome to pop in and out anytime you're, you're always going to be part of weekend rentals. So, uh, yeah. Aside from giving you a virtual hug, I think that that's about <laughs> as much as I can do. <laughs> I have to say I do appreciate how the the running theme, the running joke has been that Justin does not like shooters. And pretty much on a consistent basis, we've been shoving it in his face. <laughs> is, is that that's not the reason you're leaving, is it? We didn't make you play too no. many shmops, did we? No. Well he no. He, he picked one this week. <laughs> I've I've picked a few as well, not knowing what they were. Um no, that's definitely not it. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them have actually been fairly decent to play, you know. Well, I'm, I'm games I've never played. Glad to stuff. hear you admit that. Finally, <laughs> I'll still burn a lot of your games. Oh, <laughs> so um, while you're not on our, you know, podcast regularly, people can still find you where uh, Twitter and uh, Twitch. You're still gonna be doing that stuff. Yeah. Um, I have my Twitter, um, and that's linked on our website. Yep. Um, and then I'll be on Twitch as well. So, which is also at weekendpodcast.com. We've got an about section for all the gamers. You can, you can find handy dandy links, to all that stuff. So see what Justin's up to in between episodes. So, uh, that means we'll have a little bit of lineup change. I think a, Show format, I think we've done a good job in this last year, or especially the last maybe like nine months of like, I think we've come out with a pretty consistent, reliable, fun format. Um, So that will not change. Um, We're looking at bringing someone else in. We'll we'll talk about that after this episode goes live and more things coming. But yeah, we'll all pour one out for Justin. End of an era. Oh. I'm going to have to make a video montage. So stay tuned for that. Everybody watch the YouTube channel. I'm going to do like (laughs) best of Justin or maybe just an all out of context. Justin, I'll just take everything. (laughs) (laughs) So what's everyone else been up to besides, um, besides this news, I was going to touch on one thing actually real quick. Uh, So we talked about Diablo three and how excited I was for that for switch. And my dreams got a little bit dashed when Nintendo announced that Diablo three would be the first third party game to utilize their 
stupid phone app for voice chat. <laughs> how do you how do you how do you make people do that with Diablo 3? Come on. So that just that to me just like ultimately says yes, Overwatch will never come to Switch because nobody's going to put you up with that horse crap. Could do that. No. So that's a little wow. sad. I st- I still wouldn't count it out. You got the people that would just use Discord instead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I think like, you're it's right. It's such an such an easy setup. You just have a laptop or even your phone next to you that's not plugged into the switch, and just have Discord app open yeah. on speakerphone or on yeah whatever. Yeah, there's so many that just do that anyway, even if there is an option. That's yeah. true. It's it's just easier too, especially because with the switch you can actually stream it. So if you're using Discord, your voice chat automatically goes into your stream. Oh yeah. So it's gotcha. A lot of people use Discord even when they're playing PlayStation, streaming that because of the chat is easier. Yeah. But they could just make it work on the Switch. Drives me nuts. No, yes, they can't. I. <laughs> they cannot. <laughs> Fortnite figured it out. No one else can. Yes, but Nintendo cannot. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's a it's a hard pill to swallow. Side note, my chair, the back broke today. Oh yeah, I don't see the little headrest yeah. piece. So oh, no. that's so that's been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Did it just like shear off or what? Well, I have it in like the most upright position because my bag is sore all the time anyway, so like the most upright position is the most comfortable. And I just leaned back a little bit and the one side like it just snapped. And it like the other side doesn't have a, a stop on it at all. It's like I literally like fell all the way back to <laughs> laying down position. <laughs> Please tell me this is while you were streaming. No. Oh, man. <laughs> would have been hilarious. That would have made though. a great Twitch fails compilation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I've been in contact with that company. Apparently, they're sending me a new back for it. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it should last <laughs> should a little bit that. longer than that. <laughs> yeah, even though, like, what, a month, two? Uh, it's been about two and a half months. Yeah, it's not oh. great. So <laughs> <laughs> I opened it up and, and looked, and like the spot that broke, because it's just got a zipper on the bottom, so they. You can actually just look, and uh, it's also where you can that keep your is... weed in in the zipper. I think that's what a lot of people do. I suppose you could. Yeah. There's room in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like right on the weld that just broke. So that sucks. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's pretty funny though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funnier when it's not your chair and you falling. <laughs> and like it's it's really bad now because like I've been playing and I just like lean back. Whoa! <laughs> I <have a> back. <laughs> and, like I know it's not there, but you forget muscle memory, right? Yep. Just think of what this is going to do for your posture because you're constantly going to be <laughs> scared of sue. any chair after this. <laughs> Find a lawyer. Take that company down. <laughs> uh, 
So I ended up in um, Duluth. My nephew's birthday was coming up. So they threw the party over the weekend. They wanted, my family's not from the Duluth, Minnesota area, but they wanted to go up there for the weekend because there's like this adventure zone up there where it's like a big old warehouse that they've converted into like indoor laser tag, arcade, vertical, like a vertical something. It's like a climbing wall area. Um, and I got to play that new like Nickelodeon TMNT game. That's like this huge arcade camera with like a 60 inch screen. And then it's got the slots for all four turtles. And it was fucking awesome. Uh, me and my son sat there for like, I don't know, at least 35 minutes, just like plowing through it. Um, so good. Uh, you can, it's even got like the throw characters at the screen element from like super, oh, sweet. the super Nintendo version or like the turtles in time, I guess uh, that was in the arcade also. Um, Really, really recommend that game if you come across it. It's it's a lot of fun. It's not as good as Turtles in Time, not even close probably, but it's a good enough like approximation to that style of game that you, you got to take a look at it. I think we dumped like 12 bucks into it and I would have kept going, but you know, <laughs> I had to cut myself off. <laughs> well, it's just awesome that they make an arcade game in that style. Yeah. You know, now too, that just doesn't happen. Well, it's so nice too. Like when you think of back to like a lot of those four player games, like they get kind of cramped because this cabinet's like so wide, like everyone's got plenty of space to like mm. sit around and it was, it was sweet. Loved it. Mm. Made my day. So go to Adventure Zone in Duluth is what I'm saying. Just for that. Just for that. Yeah. Just for, And then my kids climbed my kids. Oh my God. So my daughter is six, my son's four, and you get that climbing wall thing. You just like pay like 20 bucks, like a flat 20 bucks. Your kid gets the harness and, you know, they take you through the safety tutorial thing. And my kids are freaking monkeys. They were climbing this rock wall like endlessly. I bet they climbed for like three hours straight. Wow. And my daughter was like climbing to the tippy top of like the tallest part of the like thing like no problem like way higher than i would ever consider going and then she got pissed <laughs> off because like some of them like the lower ones have like bells you get to the top you ring a bell so she like scales this huge one that's like to the roof of this building and then she gets up there and she just pissed that there's no bell to ring <laughs> I, was, I was like you should be so proud of yourself that was like amazing and then Ryder, like my son i could not get him he's like a little tiny like compact muscle ball like super short for his age. I could not get him to use his legs. He would like seriously just like muscle, like arm everything. It was unbelievable. He was just like, basically he was dragging dead weight. Like his, anything below his waist was just like there for the ride. It was, it was kind of amazing. Wow. Like we had just crowds of people watching him scale this thing. And he was like so light that the auto pulley system wouldn't work for him. Cause he didn't weigh enough. So like I had to clip another another rope to his harness so that when he let go at the top I could pull him back down. <laughs> so I got to work out like pulling my son down from this wall like time and time again. But yeah, it was it was really cool. It kind of makes me wish we had. I mean, we've got climbing walls in the Fargo Moorhead area, but nothing to that extent. It was pretty neat. Yeah, we went to well back a few months ago. We went to. Um, Paul Bunyan land. Oh yeah. I was good. We went there and, two weeks ago <laughs> and they got the climbing wall there yeah. and my kids wanted to climb it, but it was so hot and just disgusting that day. 
that we wouldn't let them because like, when you're that warm and dehydrated and yeah. sweaty, like, uh, it's just too much that could go wrong. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'd like to get them someplace where they could try it indoors or nice weather at least. Yeah. That, that would like having it indoors like that where it was air conditioned was definitely the key. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, we were we were at Paul Bodney Land like two weeks ago, and I just love like watching at the entrance there, because it's like for those that aren't aware, there's just this giant statue of Paul Bunyan, and when you pay for your ticket to go in, they ask what your kids' names are. So then Paul Bunyan says what their names are, <laughs> hello, and everything like that. And pretty much every kid, probably under the age of five, is just traumatized by this giant <laughs> statue. <laughs> And every that parent knows is who going you up, are. Yeah, every parent is like, go up there. You need to go up there. And the kids are crying. They're like, well, no, we paid. You're going to go up there and you're going to talk to this statue. And the statue's like, hi there, buddy. And does this fake wave. And the kids are crying. And it's just really weird. Those scars, <laughs> those emotional scars turn into long lasting memories that they'll cherish forever. Uh, yeah. My kids actually loved that. Yeah. What was funny is like we went back because my daughter wanted to keep going up there and every time she came back he would say her name like how many kids had gone through wow and he, this guy's he got remembers. a memory <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive i wonder what that guy does tipping? like all day like right or where he sits even yeah like, is he watching is he tv or something <laughs> and like, oh there's a kid coming <laughs> better say his name <laughs> uh. And then like the did you go on the rides then? Yeah. Yeah. The uh oh what's it called? Right next to the Ferris wheel. The the roller coaster. <laughs> what did you go on yeah. that? <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> Holy these things are the most rickety things, like I can't believe they let people on there and they just crank them up to hundred miles an hour. <laughs> I thought it was falling off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first corner there. <laughs> when the guy like operates it, he has to wear like heavy machinery, like <laughs> headphones <laughs> to keep the sound off from the roller coaster. You're like, oh, this is a good sign. Wow. It's not even a, it's not a rolling start either. Like, <laughs> you're, you're dead stopped and then you're full speed. <laughs> like there's no in between. <laughs> I'm sure that's good for small necks, you know? Yeah. <laughs> My daughter was in the very front one, and she wanted to go by herself. She she was tall enough, and I was like, all right. Her face, it was it was amazing. <laughs> how scared she was. she cry? No. I expected she would, but no. <laughs> that's funny. Even the Ferris wheel, they crank that thing up pretty quick. Yeah, and you can only have, uh, when we were there, you can only have one family on at a time. So one seat was used while everybody else is standing there watching. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. What the hell kind of Ferris wheel is this? It was a rickety one because when I went on it, there was a lot of people on it and the sides were like rattling back and forth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was like built from an erector set for the most part. <laughs> In the that, that leaning magnet room. Oh yeah, my son went in there and he kept falling everywhere while we were walking <laughs> through. It was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, 
that's the thing. Summer, we do things instead of play games, right? So not much well, to when say. Well, yeah, when you only get three months a year where it really just doesn't <laughs> suck, you got to kind of take advantage of it. Yeah. Well, and then we went uh, separately, Potato Days, the almighty Potato Days in Barnesville, Minnesota. <laughs> Legendary. Which is basically like a street fair where they cook French fries for, and hand them out to people for free. And like, I shit you not, like you can get French fries everywhere for like a buck, but you put out like a truck that's like deep fat frying French fries in the <laughs> middle of a street in small town Minnesota. And I, people line up for like three blocks for these fries. It is, I, I'm just, I, I, the public service announcement to the people at Potato Days, it's not worth it. You don't need those potatoes, like those fries that badly. Like you can just buy them. Don't wait. <laughs> the crowd looks like you would expect though yes <laughs> for free potato for free it, french yes. fries it's it's along the lines of like what you would see at your county fair sort of clientele i mean it's yeah i don't know my it's weird because my like my son just like he has not shut up about potato days like since january of this year he's been talking about potato days Cause it's August every year. And like the only reason my kids like it is they have all those like blow up inflatable, like bounce house things and stuff. Uh, so we get there on Friday, literally as I park the car, we step out and like drops of rain start. It's like a light sprinkle, right? Like it's one of those weird days where like it's cloudy, but like where we're at is clear. So we walk over to the bounce thing and we buy the wristbands. It's like 10 bucks a kid unlimited wristband. And they literally go down once and then it just starts pouring again, like not overcast skies. So it's really <laughs> weird. And then they deflate and like shut everything down. I was just, and Jill's like, oh, I'm so mad. They didn't get their money's worth. We're going to get our money's back. I'm like, who do you think is refunding you on this shit? Like they're not giving us our money back. Like, come on. Like we can spare the 20 bucks. It's fine. Here's a coupon for 10 free French fries. Right. I don't, you know, they seem like nice people, but they run a business where they just travel around the countryside, blowing up bounce houses for people. I don't think we're getting that cash back. Yeah. And then, you know, I proceeded to eat a whole bucket of mini donuts. So, it's a good time. Yeah. And you were it's just like, there by yourself, right, Andy? Yeah, I just w- walked through it the the one time. So you didn't have um, the burden of children begging you for face paints and dumb crap. Right. Yeah. Even so, for the most part, that is like mostly like uh multi-level marketing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Extravaganza. That's pretty much every person is like that you know selling their one thing yep i saw a lot of unlicensed like nfl stuff too that they questioned but <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the best part i think the thing that i liked the most was like right before, like i told my kids they weren't getting their faces painted until we left i'm like because you're not going in the bouncy house with the face paint it's gonna be all over you and everyone and everything so we get our face we get we get their faces painted right as we're leaving and you can pick out anything from this board there's like you know, kitty cats, like princess things, like dinosaurs. So what does my son pick? Ladybug. So <laughs> <laughs> he's walking around with like a big ladybug on his head, like side of his face, like these little vines and flowers. And like even the guy that was like taking our money was like, Ladybug? You sure? It's like I I apparently we're going with Ladybug. 
<laughs> it had like glitter all over it. It was <laughs> hilarious. And then like that's like you you pay and then like you get home. Like we drive home and like immediately wash it off. So it's like, well, that was totally worth the thirty five <laughs> yeah. minutes you got to wear that. Uh, that's like at at Paul Bunyan Land they do a uh, glitter tattoos mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they're supposed to last like a week. And so we're up there looking. And I don't remember what my daughter picked, but I think she picked a dinosaur, actually. And my son's looking, and he's like, I want a butterfly. Like, mm. <laughs> are you sure? He's like, yep. I was like, are you sure? Because look at this. <laughs> they point to, like, the skull and crossbones or, like, the dinosaurs and stuff. He ended up getting the skull and crossbones. <laughs> but It's funny. I, I thought it was going to end with you guys both getting, like, Matching glitter like uh, butterfly tramp stamp tattoos like father son. <laughs> no, we have real ones. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Has anyone been playing anything new? I guess I picked up at, at the potato days. I picked up uh, that uh, wipe out Omega collection for the PS4. I and, almost bought that from him. So yeah. you're lucky. <laughs> I, I've it's one of those games where it's like I've always wanted it, but like I never see it at the right price. I think he had it like new for twenty, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll buy it." And yeah, uh, yeah it's really, I mean, it's good. But then, like, the thing is, is like, <laughs> if you've grown up like through the PlayStation era, like and stuff, you you have kind of fond memories of Wipeout. And like, I start playing it for a while again, and then I'm just like, I think my idea of Wipeout is better than the actual game. It's not that it's inherently bad; it just isn't this day and age that fantastic either. I mean, I, and I've, I don't know. I probably put like five hours into it at this point and I've like been getting into it, but it's not like grabbing me the way that that style of gameplay used to. I mean, I think that's why everybody who's like, we need a new F zero. I'm like, do you really though? Like, right. I think people just, yes, we do nostalgia for it, but I think it would be the same outcome where you'd be like, Oh, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that collection is like really weird too, because they like do the HD version of that PSP game, which like mm. that ran at like a waste. Like that's a much slower game. Like so, if you start out from like the first game in the collection and then go to that one, you're like, holy crap, this is <laughs> totally different gameplay wise. But I don't know. You you still find yourself like hitting that groove of like you know dance music and like mind, you know, just like visually blurring tracks and you get sucked in but i, I know there's a vr mode oh really that i'm would pretty sure mind. i'd vomit yeah, yeah i don't think i could handle that <laughs> yeah well i got a new phone uh amazon was blowing out like these essential phones they're called okay like a company that started up and now they're kind of going under already but they made pretty decent android phones they were like really cheap so i me and my wife picked them up and been installing everything on there i it's like 128 gigs so i can actually put photos and videos on it now so that's nice <laughs> got expandable like micro sd too or no no just okay just that but um, that's plenty though oh yeah for sure but yeah just kind of browsing the store picked up a few games uh the big one that i've been playing is pokemon quest i know i think you played that for a little while right i did it's like one of those amazing games that you don't have to play to play and i like those right you just 
let it go. And then you come back and hopefully Tap a cool down if you want. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's got that progression, you know, it's just like, Hey, you're just getting better. You know, your numbers are going up. You feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what that game is, <laughs> but I've been playing it a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, I could see that being a perfect mobile game. Yep. It's fine on the Switch for free, but yeah. Did it cost anything on mobile? Is there free nope. to download? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Switch is just like, I could see that because you'd always need it on at that point, you know? Because right. it's got the timers and all that junk, just like mobile games do. But So what's it like going back to uh, Android after being on iOS for so long? Uh, it's a little weird. Yeah? Yeah, I've uh, had some trouble, <laughs> like, re- making things work as far as like voicemail and stuff like that. But, but it opens up like so much to you. Now you can like run emulators and like sideload like apps and. Oh yeah. Like there, there's something to be said about like (laughs) iOS and like the streamlined nature of it, but it's also very restrictive. It's like those Kindle fire tablets. It's like, yeah, they do a lot of stuff, but only the stuff they want you to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I, I do love like how open it is. And then yet like, to its detriment, kind of. Right. Um, I guess we can talk about like what Fortnite's what's happening with Fortnite on Android. What's going on? They are selling it outside of the Google Play Store, so they don't have to give Google a cut of money. Okay. Which is like pretty insidious already. Yeah, it's <laughs> smart, but it's like, <laughs> oh man. Anyway, then Google like scrubbed through their program and found a pretty huge like security flaw in it and like posted it live before they could update it. Really? Yeah. Nice. So Google that seems is like that's illegal <laughs> maybe, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you'd at least get a cease and desist for something like that. Right. It's yeah. Funny. You would think so, but, but the game's free to download, right? So that you're just like, but you're purchasing, I suppose, in-app stuff then yep. through, and then they don't have to get the 10% because they weren't, weren't on that platform yep. or whatever the cut is. I don't know. It's 30, I think. Wow. It's crazy. way more than I was expecting. Yeah. That's a lot of money to be losing too for like that game that rakes in billions. Yeah. Like Google's got to be pissed. Hey, but they still got like Final Fantasy 15 with like that 150 fucking dollar in-app purchase. So <laughs> Square that's making bank. Yeah, Square doesn't give a shit about that. They don't. They don't even pay attention to that. I don't think what prices are. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back something from last podcast. So the whole release of PUBG becoming like a full release on Xbox. They had a. Uh, picture or like a video released of them in their development studio with a ps4 sitting next to them hmm. so now all the speculation is out there that yeah that i'm sure that's happening in the works also um i had no idea about it but daisy is coming to xbox the closed beta was this past weekend <laughs> the beta <laughs> And it's released <laughs> uh, Thursday. It wow. Huh. That game has been in early access for, what, five years now? Uh, forever. It's an entire existence. Yeah, on, on PC, yeah. Yeah. Like, but 
Yeah, it's actually coming out. I thought that it was coming to PlayStation because that's what was all talked about for how many years, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's on huh. Xbox. I wonder how successful those are now because it's like a lot of the elements of those games is what makes PUBG so great, right? Right. Yeah, well, this this is a little bit different, though, because it's got the, like, you got zombies. Yeah. The stuff that come and get you, too. And then also the real people. Like, it's not the same as PUBG, but I suppose it'd be, like, a typical survival-type game. Zombies. <laughs> yeah. Everything needs more zombies. I don't know. I feel like that's like a cool addition to the Xbox lineup, but also congratulations on moving your game to the least successful platform right now. Let's it'd probably do better if they ported it to the Vita. I mean, Oh, let's talk (laughs) about that. (laughs) So the Vita outsold the Xbox one in Japan, according to sales charts. By like a staggering amount, we're talking like fifty-five fucking Xbox Ones were sold in a week. Well, three thousand Vitas were sold <laughs> in the same week in Japan. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, like they're probably not even trying over there anymore, right? Well, no, I know that's like I knew it was bad over there. I didn't realize it was like non-existent bad though. Like yeah. that is unbelievable. And who's got three thousand new Vitas laying around? <laughs> like. How do you have enough new? They haven't manufactured. Did they quit manufacturing, right? Or was it just the US? No, I think they did. Jeez. They must have like a fucking warehouse full of those things. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how that is drying up real quick, too. Like, obviously, the new stock of anything <laughs> Vita has been gone for a while, but. Right. Like, the used stock in a lot of game stores, that's like starting to dry up. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too. It's like the only place you can find them new retail. And this might just be regional um, because I've noticed like some stuff in our area, like upper Midwest tends to hang around longer in stores than it would in like major metropolitan areas. But like Walmart is literally the last place you can find new Vita games. And I mean, there's always like 10 or so. Uh, Most of them at this point have moved to the clearance rack for still far too much money. Mm. Um, But Mm. yeah, they're those things are gone. I can't remember the last time I saw a console. It might have been Target like. Three years ago, I saw a boxed Vita. I think yeah. it, I think the one Target actually in town. We got two. I think the one still is trying to sell the Vita TV bundle for like 150 bucks <laughs> with the Lego Movie and the controller, which is kind of insane. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching that thing. I thought they'd fire sale it by now, and they haven't. No. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's to the point now where. If you were going to trade in your Vita, you already did. So the only people left are the ones that are going to keep a Vita, and they bought all the games now. So there's like no, there's hardly any secondary stock left too. So yeah, kind of crazy. But aren't there still like a couple of Vita games announced for like nineteen, like first quarter of nineteen in oh, the I'm US? Sure. Yeah. But Limited then I saw that that Bloodstain got canceled. Like they're like, we're not going to do the Vita version, which makes sense. But then you yeah. still got other games coming. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Video games. 
What do you guys think about that Xbox like finance plan? I like it. That? I like it. I mean, it, it makes sense because you're getting the console with it. Like when you do the math on it, because I, I ran yeah. it out and I was like, you're really, I mean, you're saving like a marginal amount, assuming you were going to have both services anyway, plus by the console. I mean, it's not, but I mean, also you're financing it, right? It's like a layaway sort of thing. I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good, well, like a, what's that? Wasn't it like a hundred dollars difference? Like if you were to upfront pay it or if you ran it out the full. Two I don't years. even know if it was that much, but yeah, it was, it was not a ton. Yeah. But uh, yeah, cause it was 35, 34 99 a month for the Xbox one X. Um, and you had to commit for two years, obviously to pay for the console. Um, but I don't know. I'm kind of tempted. Like I, I might do that. Like I don't really even want an Xbox one X, but to get the console plus finally get game pass because i've been lazy about it i'd consider it it's an interesting approach i I don't think it's going to take off mass market but it kind of gives you a good indication as to what their model might be going to next gen Mm -hmm. especially if streaming is involved yeah yeah and they seem to be all about you know a service more so than uh, a box or you know anything else yeah Overall, I think it, it's an interesting idea, and I think it could work. It's just you got to have the other side of it. What's going to happen when somebody gets it and doesn't pay? Right. Are they going to lock that serial number, and then that person sells the Xbox? Ooh, yeah. And then somebody buys it and not able to connect online? Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, Yeah, that's true, too, because like, you could brick it. But you would still be able to put in discs and stuff and play it offline. I mean, so you'd lose like a lot of the functionality, but yeah, I wonder what they'll do. Because you know what's going to happen. Oh, like that, for sure. <laughs> it'll happen within the first two months. Like they'll pay for the first month and the second month they won't pay. And how about it's like I, you guys have experience in them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we certainly have never worked in a business model where this was an everyday occurrence. <laughs> what we should do, Justin, I mean, is I didn't do collections on this. <laughs> what we should do, Justin, is you should, uh, since you're going to have all the free time not recording the podcast anymore, you should pick one of these up on launch and just start doing a like weekly vlog on like. Or monthly vlog, <laughs> not paying month two, not like like you're gonna have Mike. What happens? Yeah, Bill Gates six months in is like beating on your door. Phil Spencer's there yeah. with a megaphone. He's like uh, he's like Crash Bandicoot from those old like Sony PS One era. <laughs> Pay your bill. Every video slightly gets more paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I already got my application sent to him for the, you know, this area collection person. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Xbox yeah. repo, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quite the quite the business plan you got there. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be curious. I, I guess I didn't see. Did anyone notice, like, an exact launch date? Was it rolling? It was It was later this fall, right? Was I mistaken? Okay. That? Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. Like I October. didn't check that part. I don't remember a date, yeah. but... I think it was later this fall, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least it shows that like they're kind of leaning into where I thought Game Pass would go, where I think we'll see in the future that Xbox Live and Game Pass will become one service. A maybe slightly more expensive yeah. one, or maybe not. Um, but I think that is kind of a natural progression. Yeah, I could see it working 
that way. Um, I honestly thought that they were going to just combine it and not raise the price for live. You just got Game Pass included. Yeah. Just to try to push them a little bit more. But They do a lot of sales on Game Pass. Like you can get it yeah. like two bucks a month sometimes. Yeah. They had uh, not too long ago, you could get six months for like $15 or something. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's normally what, like 50 bucks or 30 bucks or something? Yeah. I don't know. 10 a month. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's probably like their best foot forward at this point is Game Pass, right? Like, you don't hear a whole lot of positive press out of the Xbox camp, but everyone seems to be genuinely p- pleased with what Game Pass provides, I think. Yeah. I know, like, Master Chief Collection is coming in a couple days on there. Oh, good. Did they did they fix it yet? Yeah, oh, no, apparently. It's, it's still a huge broken. update. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've been working on it for two years again, so they <laughs> should have it fixed. After you download the patch, waiting three hours, it'll load into Master Chief Collection and say, Welcome to the April 2018 update. That's... <laughs> Yeah. No one's getting this joke other than these two guys. But so before we went to record this podcast, I had to sit with a Windows update and it took three hours to install when I finally got back into my machine. And it is what's the day today? It is August uh, 20, 28th. 28th. So when this, when this three hour install finally ended, I logged into my computer and Windows greeted me with a big screen that said, welcome to the April 2018 update. And yeah, <laughs> super. <laughs> it's been updating since April. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, if only. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna go switch to Linux. <clears throat> I don't know how to do anything in Linux, but we're, I'm gonna install <laughs> Ubuntu. Is that still a thing people do? Yep. Okay, I'm getting it. It's happening. You should record yourself doing this and using it. I want to watch. <laughs> I won't be able to because my computer will be like trash. So all my editing software is gone. Actually, that's an interesting little nugget too. Not that this is for our podcast, not something we get into a lot, but um, with PC gaming, Steam just unveiled that they're going to have like a client that will allow you to run every game um, on Linux through this like within steam so you don't have to have linux compatible versions of games anymore if it's on steam it will now run on linux which is huge for linux people i mean that's a big library of games yeah huh they must be using like a windows emulator or something then right it's it's like a dos i mean it's got to be like sort of like a dos box yeah equivalent because it's all they said it will be contained within steam it will run through that but um you know it, and it kind of makes sense given that like, you know, Steam has leaned into um, Linux and they're, I guess, failed. Yeah, it, not I guess, definitely failed Steam boxes were all a Linux custom yeah. OS that didn't take off. So obviously they have experience with it. So that will make a lot of tech people happy, I'm sure. Because I don't think anyone really loves the Windows platform for gaming. I just think like you are stuck with it out of necessity for the most part. Um, but it's also kind of weird, too, because everyone's jumping ship again on Steam. So this is a great thing from Steam, but kind of at like a weird time with the, in the platform's life cycle. Yeah. I don't know. Finally time to buy that Atari box. Finally. <laughs> 
nobody's talked about that. It's probably not happening, right? Like you're in, <laughs> they're in Jamaica with your money at this point. It could be. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh been obsessed with this YouTube channel called Red Letter Media. You guys heard of that? I have. Yeah. I think we should sue them because they do a segment or a show very similar to Buy, Rent, Burn. Say what? Except it's movies. Yeah. Hmm. I don't like this. I know. I think we should. When uh, did they take start the le- series? What's the date? Oh, hmm. it had to have been like, I don't know, four or five years ago. So Well, <laughs> still, they traveled to the <laughs> future, listened to our yeah. podcast, knew what the idea was. Exactly. And then they came, then they went back and yeah, started it. Makes sense. I am jealous though, because they actually do destroy the thing at the end of the show. So I wish we oh, actually burned every nice. game that we had. Yep. I actually have seen a series similar to that too. Now that you mention it, where they like destroy the games everybody hates, but they do it with like celebrities. That might be the same. Is it like a European thing or no? Hmm. They're from Wisconsin, so probably the farthest from European. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's probably a cheaper version, though, if you were to destroy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like you can destroy a DVD and like worst case, you're out like 20 bucks. Yeah. Like these are all like really shitty VHS tapes that nobody has even heard. Yeah. They probably didn't work anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I'll have to check that out. I, I mean, I've seen some of their stuff, but I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah. It's pretty good. I, uh, ah, fuck it. I'll shame, shamelessly self promote myself, but, uh, crossed the 800 subscriber threshold. Week. Yeah. I seen you. Begging. I was at, I know I was at 799. I was going to be like, <laughs> I got 79, I got 799 <laughs> subs, but 800 ain't one. But then I was just like, I threw it out there and I was like, Hey, so I've been looking at this all day. Anybody want to be 800? And then like the community was like super great and like way more people than should have. And like, cartridge club and rob like retweeted and like so that was very awesome thank you everyone i'm now at 802 i'm I'm still successfully nobody on youtube but i'm (laughs) i'm an 800 plus subscriber nobody on youtube so i appreciate it everybody i suggest not posting a video for a couple weeks so then you can at least get to 805 yes before you post a video and lose your it's true because as soon as i upload i will immediately lose three subscribers so that's just how youtube works for me <laughs> for most people that number <laughs> continues to climb for me upload lose subs so it is what it is you know there's a there's a bounce back you know there's a retention arc to that whole thing so but yeah i don't know i thought it was kind of cool 800 seems like a kind of staggering number from where i've started and how little i've accomplished so <laughs> like in quality of videos i mean so to be fair that that growth has been within the past what two years? Really? Um, you you jumped? Yeah, quite a bit. yeah. I struggled for like twenty, like at least two and a half years. Then like I don't yeah. know what happened. Like the algorithm switch, kind of. Like everything just kind of like the stars aligned, and I really shot up. Yeah. <laughs> and then last year I jumped a lot again. Like I think what was I five hundred maybe last year at this time, and I just started blowing up. I don't know why. Which for. <laughs> <laughs> I am blowing up like uh, yes, proportionally right. I, nothing really happened, but yeah, for me it was quite a lot. So, 
thanks to everybody who uh, has subbed and watched, and thank you for pity subbing me <laughs> in response to my tweet. And thanks for everyone who shared it and liked it. And you guys are awesome. More videos coming. I can't. I can't say that they're going to be better, but there will be more of them. Do you get like nope. a tinfoil play button from YouTube yeah. or something? Like that? <laughs> they mail you like a DIY kit. You have to like carve it out of a piece of wood, <laughs> paint it yourself, <laughs> avoid splinters. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. But we're almost up to, uh, we, we reached the milestone of 35 YouTube followers for the Weekend Rentals YouTube channel. Ooh. Wow. So, yeah. We're we're blown up there. But we we talked about that and as things are changing now with the transition, we're going to start putting more I think original content out. Um not as frequently, but for those of you who follow the podcast, it'll give you an alternative like insight into the group and other things beyond us just like reposting the podcast out there. And hopefully it helps people on YouTube find or it finds us a new audience on YouTube that like then leads back to the podcast. So I don't know. Yep. We'll figure it out. Might yep. just be a bunch of like uh cat compilations. You know, cat cute cats do this. Cats get scared. Mm-hmm. Cats and dog, puppies. And referring back to your previous question, this is why I'm leading. <laughs> 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 we're selling out is the problem wow. well now it all makes sense <laughs> I'll be providing the fidget spinner tricks oh I like it because those are still working right yeah <laughs> and then I think we should do a bunch of like scooter kids versus skateboarder compilations YouTube seems to like those hmm. yeah yeah. <laughs> big things system. Big things coming. Okay, time to move on to the fail bag where we answer 20-year-old-plus questions as if they were... uh... Let me start that over. (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) Okay, moving on to the fail bag where we answer 20-plus-year-old questions from old game magazines as if they were sent to us. Um, So we're going to start out in uh, Next Generation magazine, number 12. Uh, Mark Jones from Seattle. Good luck tracking him down with a name like that. In response to your repetitive strain injuries article, I have a suggestion for the game companies. As pointed out in the article, there is a possibility that RSI would occur on gamers who play video games nonstop for hours on a daily basis. As responsible businesses, game machine companies could take Preventative measures to end the speculation. My suggestion is to build in a timing device that would shut off the machine for 5 to 10 minutes after 2 hours of continuous play. The device would return uh, 
would return after the resting period, thus forcing gamers with weak, self-regulating powers to rest. I think that's a really bad idea. That sounds like a terrible idea, because you're punishing the people that aren't weak. She's going <laughs> to slow clap. What a brilliant idea this guy is. That is... You've solved it. <laughs> They're just going to masturbate it when that goes off. <laughs> and it's even worse for their wrist, I'm sure. It's true. I mean, I, the sad thing is, is like the virtual boy sort of did that. Like it would like literally pause and prompt you to like take a break after a while, at least with Nintendo first party titles. Like I'm pretty sure Mario Tennis tells you that frequently. Um, but that was I mean, more so do. your eyes wouldn't bleed, not so your hands wouldn't get gimped. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Nintendo did that too, though, because yeah. like I'd be playing for a few hours and then my game would lock up <laughs> and you'd be pissed and shut it off. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. I think that was a design flaw. <laughs> not a not a feature. Oh. <laughs> All these years you had no idea. Yeah. I know like through the Wii they did that a lot. They'd give you reminders like, hey, maybe you should take a break. And like, fuck you, I am still bowling here. <laughs> maybe you should go outside for a bit. <laughs> mm, no, it's cold out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> It's it's kind of every time you read stuff like that, it's kind of like sad that that's like a real potential issue. But now in the future times, since gaming is officially a clinical disease, um, you know, it makes more sense. These people probably do need something like this in their gaming machines because they're mentally unstable. Uh, they're probably, unfortunately, not properly clinically diagnosed. And yeah, it caused long term carpal tunnel and uh, masturbatory problems, as as we've discussed. <laughs> <laughs> severe addiction to two different things <laughs> <laughs> but the beauty is is like once you've crippled your hand into like a spherical shape from holding that game controller it's just naturally you know set for the masturbation piece so yeah at except least, for I the mean, female if... gamers although i mean you could get a grip on things so <laughs> as long as you mix it as long as you're not playing atari at the same time oh. like that would <laughs> Then yeah. you just do the same movement over and over. I can honestly say, like, that's the one system in my life that I can say that I literally did have physical pain in my hands from overplaying with yeah. that controller. Like, I, I always knew you liked the 64. I always knew it. The 64? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it for certain aspects, but not for gaming. <laughs> it's multi-purpose. It's a great uh, controller. <laughs> Uh. Yeah. That was a sex toy joke in case anyone missed it. <laughs> Did we answer his question? Well, you need the rumble pack for sure. God. <laughs> Always got to have the rumble pack. Uh, I don't think he had a question. <laughs> so we're we're clear. <laughs> okay, good. Helped another one. Uh, Tony 
Uh, his email address is goon200 at AOL.com, so f- feel free to email him. It's phenomenal. Great. Uh, he says, I was reading your number 10 issue, and someone wrote in accusing your magazine of being biased toward PlayStation. How could that happen? He said, this flaw is your love of Sony and its PlayStation. He went on to show a couple of points to back up his story. Then your magazine said, don't worry, we're not in Sony's pocket, or anyone else's, for that matter. I enjoy your magazine a lot, but I have to agree with the letter you received, accusing your magazine of being biased. When I got my American PlayStation, to my surprise, I saw a subscription card. How can you guys claim to be unbiased and put your subscription card inside the PlayStation box? (laughs) Please correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's a couple things there. It's like, I don't know that... It's not like Sony was paying them to have that card in the PlayStation box. They were very much paying Sony to be able to put their little flyer in there. Unless, I don't know that much about this next magazine, unless it was like a subsidiary like shell of Sony, which is very no. possible. But also, no. it's incredibly easy to be biased towards the PlayStation in this generation because your competition <laughs> is the Sega Saturn and the N64. Like, the numbers don't lie. Like, the PlayStation was kind of the console. So. Especially, like, if you're doing a monthly, on a monthly basis, like, think of the just amount of good games that came out on the PlayStation, you know, where like if you're doing Saturn and N64, like, yeah, there's some good games, but it's like, if you're doing it on a monthly basis, it's probably not going to sound all positive. Like it would PlayStation. Yeah. Well, and then just, there's not that much to cover for the 64. Like it went through periods where like releases Mm -hmm. were really, I mean, we're talking about a console that had, isn't the library only like 300 games for the 64. I mean, that's, that's yeah, it's nothing. like 289 or something like that. Yeah, where I don't know what the numbers are on the PlayStation, but it had to be a thousand, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, if like not 1400, over. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, just by if you were a journalist covering games media, you were undoubtedly going to talk more about the PlayStation <laughs> than you would any other console. <laughs> yes. Yeah. By sheer force. Yeah, you have to fill your magazine with content, and when Nintendo doesn't even have a game that month, it's pretty tough. Pretty, pretty not great. But they were totally biased. Oh, yeah. Why would you put your card in the system? <laughs> it's funny. I don't remember. Like, I I think I vaguely remember Next Magazine. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I really do. I don't remember it at all. I kind of remember. I think I've I got a few, like, one-offs at a newsstand or something like that. Yeah, I probably blocked it out of my memory because they're just so biased towards Sony that I forgot about the <laughs> magazine. For whatever reason, like when I was a kid, that was like a tradition when I went camping or something like that. Get a magazine. Yeah, actually, I was kind of the same way. Sit in the car and like read a magazine and mm-hmm. going out to town for the weekend. Good times. Yeah. Who needs a Game Boy? Right. <laughs> when you can read about video games. <laughs> uh, 
Sebastian from South Bend, Indiana, has a pretty aggressive statement here. Can't wait. Let's cut the bullshit. 3DO is worthless until M2 arrives. I don't know what that is, the Model 2. That never came out. (laughs) (laughs) The Jaguar is made by Atari. Enough said. (laughs) (laughs) U64, which Ultra 64, suffers from a severe case of vaporware. (laughs) Sure, we'll wait. That leaves the Saturn and the PlayStation slapping each other like a couple of street punks. The final verdict? My Pantium with 16 megabits of RAM and a 3D accelerated video card can kick all your asses. To everyone who wants to own a next generation system, buy a PC. PCs were here before ColecoVision, and PCs will be here long after the Ultra 64 becomes a doorstop. I like how he just like so wholeheartedly shits on what clearly is a non-released Nintendo 64 at this point. He's like already writing yeah. it off. <laughs> I mean, he's spot on with Atari. Yeah. Like I applaud that statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange because I usually people who prefer PCs don't act this way. Yeah, he was like <laughs> an entrepreneur for PC elitism. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah. You know, one bad apple doesn't make a huge master race, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's not wrong in the fact that, yes, PC gaming at its peak, like, every, I mean, there's no comparison, right? Like, the high-end PC running the best thing out at the time will always outdo the console equivalent. Yeah. But he's also overlooking the fact that, like, you're going to get a ton of stuff in the PlayStation Saturn generation. Um, not so much the 64 that was cross PC then console and that your mm-hmm. barrier to entry in terms of it's a one-time purchase for a console and those specs are set and those same games will just run. Yeah. Not maybe as pretty is a, uh, is a huge selling point. And I think that's like the one thing that like PC elitists like this guy I always forget is that not everybody is great at like constantly updating their, graphics cards and processors and configuring things. So as good as PC gaming might be, it's always like until recently it's, it's getting better, but still difficult. Been like a huge stretch to kind of pull in the mass market on that. Yeah. Well, even I think they're forgetting at at this point in time, even still that PCs were pretty expensive. So yeah, I'm guessing his that he described was probably fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. You know, so plus he's really like that's the time frame where you're like really getting into like everybody like throwing like three D accelerators out there. Mm-hmm. So there's like so much stuff like on the market to choose from. Like that, if you didn't know what you were looking for, like it was kind of almost staggering, and the compatibility yeah. across stuff was not great. Yeah, constantly upgrading, probably like every two years. Yeah. At that point, you know, where as now it's pretty much set, you know? Yeah. Well, and that kind of brings you back to like, that's that time frame too, where like that was the big success that gateway PCs had at that time. Cause it was like constant upgrades through like a rolling, like subscription period. Like you bought the computer and then like they would send you the newest stuff and you'd upgrade your PC slowly to keep it on top because that's what a struggle it was back then to keep a PC like mm-hmm. compatible and everything. So while he's not wrong, 
He is a PC elitist douche. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't we now. all just be gamers? Come on. <laughs> Can we all everybody hate everybody but mobile? <laughs> yeah, everybody's mobile, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what they are now. These people that are talking like that. That's what they're talking about. Why would you play consoles when you can just play it on your smartphone? Except right? now you can't afford you can't be a PC gamer because nobody can buy a fucking GPUs thanks to Bitcoin. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have an option. You're a console gamer. Too bad. <laughs> you, you didn't buy your you didn't buy your NVIDIA products like twenty four months ago, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. PC guys will be this way forever. Either you you are one or you're not, you know? Yep. And I think my last one here is just something I love just because magazine letter or the people that run the letter section in video game magazines are like the most like fragile egos in the world. Oh, yes. I feel like <laughs> Always quick to judge and snap. Yeah. It's it's true. And they're they're always like pointing out how they're the best. So Charles uh he says, please ignore the letter sent by the moron that suggested that EGM looks better than next gen. EGM looks like and is utter crap. Whoa. This is the guy in the magazine writing about that? No, this was a letter following up where a guy wrote that. Okay, EGM so was now better. what's the what's their response to this? Uh the views expressed by Next Gen Letters do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Next Gen magazine or Imagine Publishing. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh-huh. I just love how almost all, like, at least one letter. We've been doing this for a while now. I've been reading a lot of letters to all these magazines. And pretty much every single magazine has at least one letter saying, like, oh, I love your magazine. Just, like, the most, like, masturbatory yeah. <laughs> letter ever. It's true. This one takes the cake, though. Yeah. But I, <laughs> it's pretty laughable to think that, like, EGM is trash compared to this next generation thing that none of us really remember right there's a, also another one in here talking about diehard game fan magazine you ever heard of that i what? have not yeah so is it a magazine that only writes about the like two diehard related games that ever came out <laughs> no there's probably a reason why we haven't heard of it and here here's a letter mark uh says what do you think about diehard game fan printing all that racist bullshit in their magazine. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hmm. That yeah, probably that, explains it. Yeah, that probably is why it is. Now I kind of want to find out what the racist bullshit was. I wonder, yeah. I'm curious, I'm going to Google diehard yeah. game fan racist, <laughs> racist. bullshit. says we know the guys at Die Hard and we know that they feel bad as anyone about this freak accident. 
Because we all know racism is just like an act of God. It's just a freak act. <laughs> well, the Google search, unsurprisingly, re- revealed nothing. But yeah, how do you freak accident that? Do you have your racism insurance? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be a racist. It was an accident. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Uh, racism really isn't a problem it's just an accident i feel like this should be like a really like bad like psa that <laughs> sketch that they do on like snl or something <laughs> good stuff yeah well that's all i have so uh justin for the very last time so sad <laughs> you want to end this podcast it's okay. If, it's okay Alrighty. if you need to cry. You take take your time. <laughs> I will afterwards. So as we said earlier, uh, we do have a website. It's going to be uh, weekendpodcast.com. On there, we have links to all of our social media: our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, you can find our email address. It's going to be weekendrentalpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, feel free to go ahead and send any comments, questions, concerns, um, anything to that. And uh, you can find us on iTunes and Google Play. As always, be kind, rewind. All the bananas for Justin. Bye, Justin. Bananas.